Welcome to the Gospel for Life. We have four Treasure Valley pastors committed to showing that the gospel is not just for that religious part of your life, but rather it's for all of life. You never graduate from the gospel. I'm Josh Bales, pastor of the Well Church, here with Russell Herman, pastor at Cloverdale United Reformed Church, Phil Moran, pastor at Christ Presbyterian Church, and Jonathan Van Hoogen, pastor at Spring United Reformed Church. Now, if you'd like to find out more about us or catch past broadcasts or get information about our annual conference, you can find us at ReformationVoice.com. All right, welcome back to the program. If you've been listening the last several weeks, you know that we have not had one of our co-hosts. It's been a nice vacation from him. Russ has not been here with us, but you are back, and so we're thankful, kind of, mostly. Sort <laughs> yeah, of. Well, I get it. I get it. <laughs> we are delighted to have you back, Russ. <laughs> I appreciate it. So we are going through the Psalms of Ascent, and um, Jonathan, what? just quickly, what are the Psalms of Ascent? Psalms of Ascent, uh, they're just they're a collection within the song book, the, a collection within Psalms of 15 Psalms from 120 to 134. And... Traditionally, they've been thought of as uh, pilgrim songs, psalms of discipleship um, that were sung by the by the people of, of God as they made their way up uh, to the three annual feast in Jerusalem. Excellent. Well, we are on one twenty nine today, so this is what it says: a song of ascents. Greatly have they afflicted me from my youth. Let Israel now say, greatly have they afflicted me from my youth, yet they have not prevailed against me. The plowers plowed upon my back. They made long their furrows. The Lord is righteous. He has cut the cords of the wicked. May all who hate Zion be put to shame and turned backward. Let them be like the grass on the housetops, which withers before it grows up with which the reaper does not fill his hand, nor the binder of sheaves his arms, nor do those who pass by say, the blessing of the Lord be upon you. We bless you in the name of the Lord. So at the end of yesterday's show, I said there's going to be a connection between what we've been talking about in Psalm 128, but there's actually other Psalms that Psalm 125 ends with this blessing of God um, this psalm is is the opposite. Um, this is is a, a psalm, at least for sure, in the last half, a psalm of judgment. Is that called an imprecatory? Yeah. So you have what we were looking at the last couple of days is the idea of those who love the Lord, those who fear Him, those who walk in His way are going to experience His blessing. Um, several days ago, we talked about that one of the things that's involved in that blessing is they experience the joy of the Lord, which is really literally the joy of being in the presence of the Lord, or of getting God himself as the greatest gift um, that you receive. Um, Phil was talking about the idea of the fatherhood of God, that in Jesus Christ we experience this relationship um, where we experience God as a heavenly Father that loves us and takes care of us and provides for us and keeps us safe and secure. Well, if you're not in Christ, then you don't get those blessings. What you get is judgment, and you get all of the righteousness of God outside of Jesus Christ. 
which is a fearful place to be. Mm. Psalm, Psalm 129, um, it begins with affliction. Greatly have they afflicted me from my youth. Let Israel now say, greatly have they afflicted me from my youth. The line is, is repeated, um, that we've come under attack, we've come under opposition. You know, uh, one of the wonderfully refreshing things about the Bible, it's the most realistic book ever written. And uh, to, to come to God through Jesus Christ and, and to know God does not mean that life becomes unicorns and rainbows. Um, there will be opposition. Traditionally, the uh, church has talked about three kinds of opposition that, come, that comes to us, the world, the flesh, and the devil. There's uh, the, the world, uh, which is in rebellion against God. It will be against us, our own flesh. Uh, in other words, our own, that, that part of us that's in rebellion against God, we, we're going to have a constant struggle with our own inner uh, rebellion and self-will. And we have a, a, a spiritual enemy, uh, the evil one, the devil. Uh, anyway, greatly have they afflicted me from my youth. Let Israel now say greatly they have afflicted me from my youth. Yet they've not prevailed. And he's giving glory to, to God here uh, that He's encountered all of this opposition. We have encountered all of this opposition, but God has been faithful. And what you find here is it's talking about our own affliction, but it's also, um, I believe, in verse 3, referring to the affliction of, of Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. um, the plowers plowed upon my back. They made long their furrows, um, which... I, I think is referring to the scourging of, of Jesus Christ. Yeah. Um, that of anybody who ever lived, he was the most afflicted. Um, so we have the Psalms speak of our experiences, but ultimately they, they speak of the experiences of Jesus Christ. And um, that doesn't negate one or the other. It, it's, it's a both and. And that's not yes. like some sort of presupposition that you're bringing into the text. I mean, if we go to the road to Emmaus that Jesus traveled with a couple of disciples, he, he told them how, how slow you are to understand. Don't you realize that the Psalms and the law and the prophets all speak about me? And so Jesus is actually giving us a hermeneutic or in, an interpretive lens through which to view the Bible. Yeah. So it's actually right when you're going to the Bible to say, hey, where's Christ in this passage? And certainly it's here. I mean, you you referenced him being scourged. Isaiah 52 says that he was whipped beyond human semblance. Mm -hmm. So absolutely. I mean, we read this and we should immediately think, oh, this this is speaking of Christ. Yeah. It, Isaiah 50, the servant uh, of the Lord, he says, I gave my back to the smiters in Isaiah 56. This is the Lord speaking here. And once again, we see uh, that in this psalm. Yeah. And in this one, it, it's interesting. I know there's disagreement or discussion on is the last half a prayer? Is it a prediction? But at the end of the day, I'm not sure if it matters. Starting with verse what? four, do you mean, or verse five? Verse five. Verse four is, is basically saying he is going to do this. He's going to cut the cords of the wicked. And then verse five, may all who hate Zion be put to shame and turned backwards. Let them be 
like the grass on the housetops, which withers before it grows up, which with which the reaper does not fill his hand, nor the binder of, of sheaves his arms, nor those who pass by say, the blessing of the Lord be upon you. We bless you in the name of the Lord. Um, so wouldn't this be talking about like ultimate judgment? This is ultimate judgment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, is it a prayer for ultimate judgment? Is it is it just a declaration, this is what's going to be so? And that's where the debate happens. I'm not sure if it matters in that way. We do know, I mean, you've taught through, maybe maybe most of you guys have taught through the book of Revelation, you get some of those latter chapters, and we know that the saints are blessing and singing hallelujah to God when his judgments are being poured out. Right. We might not be able to comprehend that now in terms of rejoicing that God's justice is being poured out, because that means, that means hell. But certainly when we have that that view of God's glory when we are transformed in the same image as his son, we will absolutely say everything that God does is right. Well, absolutely. And look at verse 4. The Lord is righteous. He has cut the cords of the wicked. That says something important about the righteousness of God. It's not a detached righteousness. It's not God holding himself aloof from the world in perfect righteousness and sometimes we get righteousness, we misunderstand biblical righteousness that way, that it means withdrawal, that it means separation. Uh, that's what the Pharisees thought righteousness was. Uh, that's not God's righteousness. God, God's righteousness is expressed in this, that he cuts the cords of the wicked. And that means that he sets free his people mm. from the oppression of the wicked. That's how God expresses his righteousness. That it, that it's a, a it's an out, outward moving righteousness that liberates that sets free, mm-hmm. that liberates us from the cords that would that would hold the the cords of sin and death and hell that would hold us. Those cords have been cut, yeah. because God is righteous. In verse five, when it says, "May all who hate Zion uh, be put to shame, turn backward." Um, this is is not just speaking about may all who hate Israel. Uh, Zion throughout the whole Bible, not not just the New Testament, but throughout the whole Bible, is indicative of God's whole people, his his whole elect from every nation, yes. every tongue, every tribe. So this is immediately applicable today uh, that 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 this Psalm is aiming at those those enemies of the church. Mm-hmm. This well, is a little bit scary because I was actually thinking the same thing as Josh. And this will keep me awake tonight. <laughs> However, and, and well, it should. Yes, I, I was just going to comment of the corporate nature of the psalm. We read this individual as individuals, but it's saying, "Let Israel now say, and may all who hate Zion." It's really saying, "Let the church mm-hmm. say, and those who hate the church." It just reminded me. I, I read this great article this week that somebody had sent me called "Genuine Faith Is Always Personal." but never private. Mm -hmm. And I thought it was just a great distinction. It was a great article. um, And really campaigning for the fact that we often read text individually when we should be reading them corporately. Mm -hmm. That doesn't mean that we don't understand them personally, but they aren't private. Mm -hmm. Yes. Um, And and we're remembering that these are – these are not just readings. These are songs that are being sung. This is, you know, the people are by the singing church. by the church. They're going. They're on their way to Jerusalem. They're going up to the city of God. They're, but they're, but they're, they're uh, lamenting their, they're lamenting their afflictions. They've been, they've been 
hard treated by the world and the world's people. And all of them could say, I've experienced this in some way or other. Let Israel now say, you've afflicted me from my youth. These, you know, from, you know, once we become Christians, that's when the hardships begin because if, because the world doesn't love us anymore. We're not of that world anymore. And so, so they're afflicted and, and, you know, well, we apply ultimately that affliction to the Lord you know, in verse three, that the plowers plowed upon his back. You know, we talk about the stripes that he received. Um, you know, um, before his crucifixion. But then, uh, you know, so they're all saying, but they're all saying, because of this, may may God's punishment come upon them. May they be like grass on the housetops, which withers before it glows up. Some of you know that uh, you know early in the spring, or you can look out on the hills even, you know. Um, we had a long spring this year. The green lasted a little longer than it ordinarily does, but it, you know, the, a grass on the housetop is like that, like our dusty brown hills. Comes up really quick, and as soon as the heat comes, it's gone. And it's, they're saying, let that happen to them. Don't let them yes. be secure. Yeah, they're they're temporary. Yeah, let them be temporary. Let yes. it, let you know. Make your judgment come upon them. Don't even say the Lord bless you to to such as these. You know, because they're not going to be blessed. You know, we we tritely say the Lord bless you. I you know one of the things that frustrates me is oftentimes I see you know an unbeliever has passed away and and somebody writes rest in peace. There is no peace for those that die apart from the Lord. There is no RIP. You know, and this is what the psalmist is saying here. Yeah, you know, th- those that pass by shouldn't be saying the blessing of the Lord be upon you. We bless you in the name of the Lord. They are under the judgment of God. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. right. Well, you've been listening to the Gospel for Life. We hope that these programs have been edifying to you. If you have missed any of them, just go to your podcast catcher, whatever that is, and subscribe to the Gospel for Life. We'll see you next time. 